MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash daily beans and use code Helix Partner. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 3rd, 2023. Today, a former Memphis officer pleads guilty to both state and federal charges in the murder of Tyree Nichols. U.S. intelligence suggests Russia and Syria armed Hezbollah. The FBI has raided the New York home of a fundraiser for Mayor Eric Adams. Judge Chutkin has entered an order for jury selection to begin February 9th. Trump organization lawyer Chris Keyes gets in a heated exchange with Judge Angoran in the New York Attorney General's civil fraud trial. The House has passed Mike Johnson's Israel funding bill, as Senator Chuck Schumer says he will not bring it to the floor on the Senate for a vote. Nancy Pelosi has launched an attack on the No Labels Party. The Senate has confirmed the top Navy and Air Force nominees as the Tuberville feud intensifies. And George Santos survives his expulsion vote. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. So much news. So much news. How are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. I'm, I mean, relatively, I'm hanging in there. I can't believe George Santos wasn't expelled. We'll get that more into that in a little bit. But the news is wacky today. It's wacky. And I hope everyone is just doing OK and, and hanging in there. It is kind of all over the place. We'll try to bring it together here for you. We do have a patron happy hour tonight for patrons of this program. You can uh, dial into the Zoom and we can chat and have cocktails and mocktails. That's at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. If you want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash wrote. And later on, I get to speak with John Fugelsang. It's Fugelsang Fridays. Fugelsang Fridays. Here on the Daily Beans. He's going to be here every Friday from now on. And, um, you know, he's the host of the Sirius XM Progress show called Tell Me Everything. It's on Channel 127 weeknights at 9 p.m. Eastern. And he also has a podcast out called the John Fugelsang Podcast. He's incredible. I can't wait to speak to him. His hair. It's his hair. He's just also a lovely guy. I mean, he's just really, he's a good guy. So if you're like, well, is John Fugel saying a good guy? He's a good fucking guy. He's a really good fucking guy. He's a good fucking guy. Good guy. <laughs> and yeah, he's from the Isle of Long, I believe, or grew up there at least. So I'm excited to speak to him. Uh, we do have some quick hits today. First of all, Trump filed a motion to stay his D.C. trial, the coup trial, but Judge Chutkin put out an order. She hasn't responded to the stay request yet, but she put out an order saying that the uh, jury questionnaires get start start getting filled out on February 9th. So jury selection begins February 9th. That's just three months from now. And Andy and I are going to cover all of the filings uh, and whatever responses we have by the time Sunday rolls around for the Jack podcast. And as I said, Judge Angoran pounded the bench today after Trump's lawyers went after his law clerk. And uh, Junior and Eric's testimonies did not go well for them. I expect the judge may expand his gag order to include Trump's attorneys after today's episode. Pete Strzok and I are going to discuss that in depth on the next cleanup on aisle 45. And the House passed their symbolic Israeli funding bill. This is the one with the IRS cuts. 
uh, and no Ukraine aid. But as I said, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is like, fuck you. He's not going to bring this to the, to the floor of the Senate for a vote. The Senate's going to pass its own bill to include Ukraine aid, Indo-Pacific, border aid and Israel aid with no cuts to the IRS and then send it back to the House and see what uh, see what little MAGA Mike Johnson does with it. And yeah, Dana, George Santos survived his expulsion vote. Fugel Sang and I are discussing that later in the show. And at first I was like, what? But then I read what Jamie Raskin had to say about it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Did you see his statement? I didn't. I didn't. I'll go look for it immediately after we're done recording. Yeah, he basically said, look, we've only expelled five members in the history of this chamber. Um, and the ones that for criminal activity was only after they were convicted. Uh, he deserves due process. And, and Lawrence Tribe actually retweeted Jamie Raskin's statement and said, wow, the student has become the teacher because, you know, he, he taught uh, Jamie Raskin uh, constitutional law. Ah. And he's like, at first, I, I thought that the right move w- to, was to expel. But my student is correct here. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But um, and, you know, John Fugelsang has some good points on this, too. And I'm going to ask him about this, Dana. He He's like, politically, it's really good for Dems to keep Santos in the house. <laughs> so that's true. You know, like make them make them wear make them wear George Santos right like around his neck around no. their necks like an albatross. All all of the George Santoses. Yeah. All right, we get one more one more quickie in this this section. This is an a former Memphis police officer changed his plea to guilty on Thursday in the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols, and becoming the first of five officers charged to reverse course. Desmond Mills Jr. entered his plea during a hearing at the Memphis Federal Courthouse as part of a larger agreement to settle charges in state court as well. Now, it wasn't immediately clear whether the four other officers would follow suit. Their attorneys declined to comment on Mills's guilty plea. So we'll see what happens with the other officers in that case. Yeah. And um, Ben Crump, you know, um, incredible civil rights lawyer. Uh, he was George Floyd's lawyer for the Floyd family and, and George Floyd. Uh, is saying this is a step toward accountability. Um, so I hope the other four officers follow suit. In that just absolutely despicable murder and beating of Tyree Nichols. All right, we have a lot of news to get to today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from Natasha Bertrand at CNN. I keep saying that funding Ukraine is funding for Israel. Someday, folks are going to listen to me. But Natasha Bertrand at CNN says the U.S. now has intelligence that Syrian President Bashar al-Assad had agreed and has agreed to provide the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah with a Russian-made missile defense system with the help of the Wagner Group in Russia. That's according to two people familiar. The Russian mercenary organization Wagner Group, which operates in Syria, has been tasked with carrying out the delivery of the surface-to-air SA-22 missile system. Now, it's not clear whether it's already been delivered or how close it is to delivery. The system was originally provided by Russia for use by the Syrian government. One of the sources said the U.S. has been monitoring recent movement of that system, which is also known as a pantsir. The other source said the U.S. assessment was based partly on intelligence obtained by discussions among Assad, Wagner and Hezbollah about the delivery of this system. The Wall Street Journal previously reported that Wagner may provide the system to Hezbollah, but Assad's role had not previously been reported. Wagner and Hezbollah fighters have both operated in Syria for years, where they've been working alongside Russian and Syrian armed forces to bolster the Assad regime against the Syrian opposition. Hezbollah began to pull its fighters out in recent years, but the group is also backed by Iran, which is a close Assad ally. 
A third source familiar with the Western intelligence said there was evidence of increasing collaboration between Hezbollah and Russia in Syria. That's Wagner Group from Russia in Syria. The possibility that Hezbollah could soon have new air defense systems comes amid concerns that the militants are considering opening a new front in Israel's war on Hamas on Israel's northern border with Lebanon. The U.S. has repeatedly warned Hezbollah and other Iran-backed groups to stay out of the conflict and has positioned aircraft carriers and troops in the region to try to deter against potential escalation. Israel has also targeted these missile systems inside of Syria before as part of a broader Israel attack on Iranian military sites in the country. It's not clear how much influence Russia had over the decision to provide the system to Hezbollah, since the death of the Wagner leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, in August, the Kremlin has made some attempts to absorb Wagner mercenaries and the group's assets. But as of late, the U.S. has not seen a divisive shift in terms of the Kremlin taking full ownership over the fighters. But we don't know. Russia did, however, recently host Hamas leaders in Moscow earlier this month, sparking outrage from the Israeli government. The U.S. intelligence community believes for now that Iran and its proxies are calibrating their response to Israel's military intervention in Gaza to avoid direct conflict with Israel or the U.S., while still exacting costs on its adversaries. But Iran does not maintain perfect control of its umbrella of proxy groups, in particular over Hezbollah. Hezbollah is an ally of Hamas, the group that attacked Israel on October 7th, and has long positioned itself as fighting against Israel. U.S. officials are deeply concerned that the group's internal politics may cause Hezbollah to escalate simmering tensions. Now, Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, is scheduled to give a major speech on Friday that intelligence officials will be watching closely for signals about Hezbollah's intention. These are all linked. These groups are all linked. And to, to, to fund Israel and not fund Ukraine is, is a mistake. It is a national security mistake. Yeah, thank you so much, A.G. This next story is from Connor O'Brien at Politico. The Senate easily confirmed President Joe Biden's picks to be the top officers in the Navy and Air Force on Thursday as frustration with Senator Tommy Tuberville's blockade of senior military promotion mounts. Now, the votes were 95 to 1 to approve both Admiral Lisa Franchetti as Chief of Naval Operations and General David Alvin as Air Force Chief of Staff. Republican Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas was the lone senator to oppose both confirmations. Now, Franchetti's confirmation makes her the first female member of the Joint Chiefs. In a third vote, yeah, in a third vote, senators approved Lieutenant General Christopher Mahoney to be the second ranking officer in the Marine Corps, 86 to 0. The leadership situation atop the Marine Corps took a new urgency on Sunday when Commandant General Eric Smith was hospitalized with a medical emergency. We covered that, leaving a three-star general in charge of the service. Now, Franchetti and Alvin's approval gives the Joint Chiefs a full slate of Senate-confirmed officers for the first time since July. Both nominees are their respected service's number two officers and have been filling the top jobs as an on an acting basis. While well, the Joint Chiefs have been hobbled by Tuberville's blanket hold on senior promotions, which the Alabama Republican, as we know, has imposed in protest of the Pentagon's abortion travel policy. Now, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer lined up votes on the three officers after Tuberville and Senator Dan Sullivan, who's in Alaska, forced Schumer's hand by circulating cloture petitions themselves on the nominees. They did this on their own. But the nine-month fight over military nominees has reached a fever pitch, and even Tuberville's fellow Republicans are signaling they're growing really fucking tired of his shit. 
Now, Sullivan, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Sullivan led a group of five Republicans on the Senate floor late Wednesday evening and forced Tuberville to block votes on 61 nominees. Now, the action was a significant turn as Tuberville was confronted by members of his own party who argued his hold is damaging the military at a precarious time. Precarious is an understatement, and that's terms loosely used here. Now, several hundred nominees remain frozen despite the approval of the Joint Chiefs picks. Senate Armed Services Chair Jack Reed, a Democrat from Rhode Island, is circulating a resolution to permit batches of those promotions to be confirmed in a single vote. Democrats hope the growing frustration with Tuberville will create bipartisan momentum for passing the measure. Well, ahead of the vote, Senator Mark Kelly, a wonderful, wonderful guy. Love him. Now I know. He noted that the trio of confirmations, and I quote, may seem like progress, but in reality, the approvals do nothing to resolve the standoff. He urged both parties to give a rules carve out serious thought on this matter. Yeah, and I've seen a resolution being circulated that will allow for an on-block approval of all these nominations. We'll see if that goes through. The Senate parliamentarian said it needs 60 votes to pass. I think there might be enough Republicans to join Democrats in the Senate to get this done. Um, And, you know, um, again, we're going to get John Fugelsang's thoughts on that in a minute. But this story up next is from NBC4 in New York. The FBI searched a house in Brooklyn belonging to a chief fundraiser, For New York City Mayor Eric Adams, according to sources familiar with the matter, what appears to be a campaign finance related investigation. And just now coming across uh, my little news feed here, coming across the wire from the New York Times. This is uh, breaking, late breaking on Thursday afternoon, federal prosecutors and the FBI. And I'm going to read this kind of slowly because it took me I had to read this like 10 times to believe it. (laughs) Dana heard me trying to suss this first paragraph I was like, are you okay? And you're like, no, I'm not. Let me tell you why. Federal prosecutors and the FBI are conducting a broad public corruption investigation into whether Mayor Eric Adams's 2021 election campaign conspired with the Turkish government to receive illegal foreign donations. And that's according to the search warrant obtained by the New York Times, a search warrant that was conducted In New York this morning, the investigation burst into public view on Thursday when federal agents conducted an early morning raid at the Brooklyn home of the mayor's chief fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. Now, Ms. Suggs is a campaign consultant who is deeply entwined with efforts to advance the mayor's agenda. Investigators also sought to learn more about the potential involvement of a Brooklyn construction company with ties to Turkey, as well as a small university in Washington, D.C. that also has ties to Turkey and to Eric Adams. According to the search warrant, investigators were also focused on whether the mayor's campaign kicked back benefits to the construction company's officials and employees and to Turkish officials. Uh, The agents seized three iPhones and two laptop computers, along with papers and other evidence, including something agents identified as Manila folder labeled Eric Adams, seven contribution card binders, and other materials. Now, there was no indication that the investigation was targeting the mayor himself. He's not accused of wrongdoing as of this point. Yet the raid apparently prompted him to abruptly cancel several meetings scheduled for Thursday morning in D.C. He landed and then got right back on. He got off the plane, got right back on the plane. Gotta go. (laughs) He hurriedly returned to New York to deal with the matter. The mayor heard of an issue related to the campaign and takes these issues seriously. He wanted to get back to New York as quickly as possible to see if he could destroy any of the evidence that he talks to people in the Turkish government. I added that last part 
I'm going to be honest. But he, he headed straight back to New York because he takes these matters seriously. Fabian Levy, the deputy mayor for communications, said in a statement he plans to return to D.C. and reschedule those meetings as soon as he can. Now, the warrant suggested some of the foreign campaign contributions were made as part of straw donor schemes where donations are made in the names of people who did not actually give money. And if you'll remember, Dana, we had reported earlier this year four people were indicted for making straw donations to the Eric Adams campaign. Today, we're learning that that money came from Turkey. Yeah, that's a lot. So, wow. I'm like, this is probably going to be, this is probably going to be the subject of the bonus episode that Pete and I are going to get sweary over this weekend for Clean Up on L45. Nice. But this is, there's a lot more to this story. I, I recommend uh, you check it out. The New York Times has put it out. Um, they've sought financial records from Ms. Suggs, um, documents related to contributions to May- Eric Adams' campaign. If they find out that he knows about this or knew about it, um, oh, we y'all should have just, you could have had Maya Wiley, y'all. You could have had Maya Wiley. All right, AG. Thank you so much for that. We'll keep you posted on whatever happens with this story for sure. And last of this segment, this is from Brittany Gibson at Politico. Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi on Thursday became one of the highest profile elected Democrats to go public with her concerns about the centrist group No Labels third party presidential bid. Good. Fart noise. <laughs> right? <laughs> no labels is perilous to our democracy. This is Nancy Pelosi. She told reporters, she went on to say, I hesitate to say no labels because they do have labels. They, they're called no taxes for the rich, no child tax credit for children. They're called let's undo the Affordable Care Act. Go get them. I love her. Now, Pelosi delivered her remarks I know, at a breakfast event organized by the Democratic Centrist Group Third Way, which has taken on the role of one of No Label's chief antagonists this cycle. Pelosi said she has ignored No Label's even when she was a target of the group as Speaker of the House. But 2024's election is a different case. She said when they jeopardize the re-election of Joe Biden as president of the United States, I can no longer remain silent. Now, No Label's national co-chair, former Governor Larry Hogan, who was a Republican from Maryland, he said in a statement it was disheartening to see Nancy Pelosi literally make things up about No Label's to score political points. She ascribes positions to No Label's that they never took. Okay. Mm. The nonprofit is seeking access to the ballot across the country with the idea of putting together a unity ticket that would be led by one Republican and one Democrat. Now, the group, which is yeah, currently fart, form- fart noise again. Yeah. The group, which is currently formulated as a nonprofit that does not have to di- disclose its donors. Oh. Uh, red flag, red flag, red flag <laughs> has not yet announced who would lead such a ticket. Uh huh. <laughs> now, Pelosi uh, has somewhat uh, contentious history with no labels, which one considered launching a, prim- a primary challenge against her, by the way, and developed a plan to portray her as a divisive and partisan force during the Trump years. No, she was, yeah, she was not very divisive. She was actually very uniting for the Democrats. But until Thursday, she had not come out against the group's 2024 plans. Well, in doing so, she has added to a growing chorus of individuals and organizations across the Democratic Party spectrum, ramping up criticism of no labels. That apparently has a lot of fucking labels. <laughs> we don't have any labels. She's given us labels that we don't have, man. Labels. No, you, you have some labels. It's okay. Own it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be right back with John Fugelsang. We're going to um, discuss what's going on in the house uh, with his unique perspective. He always has a great, uh, he has his great takes on what's going on in the news. So I look forward to that. And then the good news after that, everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey, everybody, it's AG. You know, for the longest time, I had difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep. And I thought it was stress, maybe my PTS, maybe the orange man in the White House. That contributed to it. But the thing that contributed the most was the fact that I was sleeping on a mattress made for someone else. That's until I discovered Helix. And now I have a custom made mattress that perfectly matches my personal preferences. And all of my sleep problems are history. Just go to helixsleep.com slash daily beans. Take their two minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Everybody has a different way of sleeping, and Helix knows that. They So they offer a variety of mattress models tailored for specific sleep positions and sleep preferences. They have 20 unique mattresses at Helix Sleep in their lineup, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Elite Collection, and they have options for like big and tall sleepers and kids. They have so many different options. The key is finding your perfect fit. And the key to doing that is the Helix Sleep Quiz. It's an easy way to find the best mattress that's designed to match your preferences. And once you place your order, it'll be delivered right to your doorstep at no extra cost. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I prefer a medium firm mattress and I sleep on my side. But simply put, this mattress has changed my life. I'm never going back to anything else. Helix also offers a 100-night in-home trial and a solid 10 or 15-year warranty. Sleep on it, dream on it, decide on it. You won't regret it. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER, all one word. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Fugelsang Fridays. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy to be joined today and every Friday going forward, you know, schedules permitting, by my friend. He's the host of the Tell Me Everything show on Sirius XM Progress Channel 127 weeknights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, and the John Fugelsang podcast, which you can now get wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't have Sirius, please welcome my friend John Fugelsang. Hi. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me back. Ah, I'm so excited to talk to you every week. And this week, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on what's going on in Congress, because we've got a few things. First of all, we've got the Tuberville thing. And finally, we have a bunch of Republican senators calling him to the carpet, you know, calling him out saying, you know, you're you're blocking these promotions of these people who did not make this policy that you you hate, which actually the policy needs to stay in place and is a good policy. That's right. So let's start there. What are your thoughts on finally, after all this time, the Republicans actually saying something? Well, I mean, I think it's great. You know, we we haven't really discussed enough in our culture how this all comes down to Tommy Tuberville's contempt for women in the armed forces having control of their own bodies. That's all this is about. He does not think that women who serve should have body autonomy. And he believes, as many Republicans do, that the state should have the power to force American citizens to be pregnant against their will. So because of this, we've had to deal without a Marine Corps commandant. And I mean, you've covered this so well. And eventually it's going to backfire. Eventually it's going to hurt the fundraising. And I I think it's great we're finally beginning to see some cracks in the facade. At the time we're recording this, Lisa Franchetti has just been confirmed by the Senate as chief of naval operations, first woman to lead the Navy, which I take as a double rebuke against uh, against Tuberville. Really, the question is, are we still allowed to say Ron Johnson's the dumbest member of the Senate with Tuberville? Because I've been really comfortable for years, Allison, since I first interviewed uh, Senator Johnson on CNN. Uh, yeah, he's the dumbest guy they got in the whole body. But now Tuberville, who doesn't even live in Alabama, um, has tried to, you know, compromise our military readiness. And the best part about this is these same Republicans who for a decade of my life said we could not allow gay and lesbian troops to serve openly because that would compromise military readiness, have now been deliberately 
compromising military readiness because of their contempt for women based on something the Bible never actually bans and Jesus never mentions. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now we've got a a resolution, I think, that might be coming up for a vote uh, that will need 60 to pass, not 67. And I think they may have the votes to pass it that will allow for on block promotions, like all at once promotions. Seems like a a rule change, like they're going to tweak the rules. Of course, Dems have to come to the rescue again. And then then the the argument will be, well, why did it take them so long? And it's it's you know, it's going to we're going to go back and forth on like that for a while. But I think we may be able to finally get these through. Um, and meanwhile, we have J.D. Vance blocking promotions to the Department of Justice That's because right. he doesn't like uh, that Trump has been indicted. And so now we've got Republican, the Republican Party. Did you ever think in our lifetimes they would hate cops? Hate rule of law, hate the military, and also the next subject I want to talk about, spend $26 billion to send $14 billion to Israel. So just increase the deficit by tens of billions of dollars over the next decade. I, it's, it's strange to, I, I find myself in a weird spot considering where I was as a Democrat 15 years ago. I mean, I'm not surprised by any of it. They've had contempt for cops for a long time. You know, they'll they'll say they care about cops because that's useful in campaigning. But they want every cop in America to potentially have to face a criminal armed with an AR-15. That You know, that's that's the landscape they create. They say they want to stop undocumented immigration, but they won't do a thing to sanction the American white people who are doing all the hiring. You know, there's no wall you can build at our southern border that's high enough to hide the help wanted sign that exists at our southern border. Uh, They say they want to end abortion, but they won't do a thing to increase sex ed. They won't do a thing to make birth control more accessible. They won't do a thing to make child care or childbirth more accessible for poor people. So, you know, the Republicans job is to say whatever they have to say to get an office and then reward their donors. That's all it's been for my lifetime. I don't really know what their convictions are. Certainly nothing I can find in the New Testament. So yeah, none of this surprises me, especially since they're the party that went from uh, Blue Lives Matter to fuck the police (laughs) and only took two years. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's going to just keep getting worse, um, I think, as time goes on here. But uh, talking about the Israel funding bill from Mike Johnson, which, again, I'd love to talk about Trump's little Johnson all day. (laughs) It cuts IRS uh, funding from the Inflation Reduction Act, which has brought us a ton of revenue. And since it's been signed into law a little bit over a year ago. But now the Senate, Chuck Schumer is like, I'm not taking up this bill. This is stupid. It's ridiculous. We are going to, in the Senate, pass our own bill with aid to the Indo-Pacific, Ukraine, Israel and border funding. And we're going to pass this in the Senate and send it back to you. And you, little Mr. Johnson, can deal. You can try to see how it goes for you if you vote against it. Yeah. Johnson's got two weeks to avoid making the same mistakes that Kevin McCarthy made. And it seems like he's determined to make them anyway. You know, he's got to come up with a budget that the Democratic Senate and this White House will approve of. He's got to do that. He has to compromise. That's what being an adult is. But he knows if he does the right thing and doesn't shut down our government, the Marjorie Taylor Gates wing of his party, the Nazi clot, will do to him what they did to McCarthy. So this guy could be out of a job in two weeks as well. But it's very telling. I I could talk all day about his fake Christianity. There are a few examples of how false his Christianity and his piety are more 
than his slavish devotion to the profits of the wealthy. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act had more funding for the IRS to hire more agents to go after the wealthiest Americans who are the tax cheats. And it is the job of the Republican Party to protect the wealthiest Americans. And what does they, the Bible say about tax cheats and the wealthy? I can't. Well, Jesus remember. says Jesus tells you to pay your damn taxes. Um, and the Bible also calls for a jubilee year every seven years where all debts are forgiven. Uh, and something, something, rich man, something, something, eye of needle. But of course, they believe in the Republican Bible, which means criminalize abortion, even though Jesus never mentioned it, and pretend you're better than other people. Their Bible, Allison, is uh, the book of Leviticus and the golden calf and the book of Revelation duct taped to a left behind book. That's their Bible. So, so what Mike Johnson did was he's trying to stop the rich from having to pay their fair of taxes. That is what Joe Biden campaigned on. That is what every Democrat campaigns on. That's what the American people want. We have to keep saying the American people have chosen the Democratic nominee for president in seven of the last eight presidential elections. And every time it's been a Democratic nominee who said, make the rich pay their fair share. This is how democracy works. This is what the American people want. They don't care what the American people want. J.D. Vance doesn't care what the American people want. They care about their own power. It's a cult of selfishness. So Johnson, if if you kill this uh, funding for the IRS, then yeah, the deficit will go up. <laughs> you will not be collecting revenue. He's trying to stop the IRS from bringing in more federal revenue from rich people who cheat on their taxes. That's the only plot here. And you know what? It It entertained the Marjorie Taylor Gates wing for one day. And now it's done. And now he's got to be an adult and actually do the hard choice that Kevin McCarthy tried to do. You've got to work with the Democrats to keep the government open. Or, you know, if you do that, you risk losing your job. This is where we're at right now. This is the problem we have with Republicans. If they do their job, they lose their job. Just like look at Eric Cantor. Met with Obama every week, said no to everything. And then Dave Bratt ran against him and primaried him saying, can you believe Eric Cantor meets with Barack Obama every week? I will never meet with Barack Obama. If, if they work with Democrats to help improve the lives of Americans, they will get primaried back home by someone crazier and more racist. This is the dysfunction in our Republican Party. If they do their job, they lose their job. And the rest of us have to wait for them to hire a grown-up who will do it. Yeah. And um, also this week, George Santos did not lose his job. Yes. He uh, was up for expulsion and um, pretty overwhelming vote to keep him in uh, in the uh, in in the house there, my initial reaction was, "All right, see you see you in September, a month before the election, when you have to go on trial for twenty three federal felonies." Cool beans. Uh, but we also had a couple of uh, we had uh, Jamie Raskin come out. You know, a lot of a lot of people were initially very upset at the thirty one Democrats who voted to to not expel. Santos. But I think ever after everybody read uh, what Jamie Raskin had to say, I think a couple of minds were changed. But you have a different take on this. You think it's uh, you, you're coming at it from the political angle. Well, I come at it from both angles. Jamie Raskin was exactly right. You know, we're all angry that Al Franken never had a fair investigation before he had to leave the Senate. So let's be fair about this. Um, George Santos has not been convicted of anything. We know he's guilty as hell. We know he lies like he breathes. That's not a problem for Republicans when it's the president. But with this guy, this this doughy, worm-like compost heap of festering falsehoods, uh, they fell short of the two-thirds majority. And I think it's great for a, a lot of a lot of reasons. Number one, it, it, it wouldn't be right. 
He deserves to have his day in court first. The ethics committee hasn't been through all this, but on a much more practical level, you know, I, I love this guy. Uh, George Santos. I'm sorry. I think, I mean, he makes me long for the honesty and dignity and character of a Herschel Walker. But I mean, think about, think about this guy. He's not going to get away with anything. All right. But uh, this is someone who I, I think is proof that God loves us and wants us to laugh. He's a gay immigrant for Trump, Allison. That right there would be good for comedy. But the real thing is, um, I don't think Democrats should evict him from the House. I think Democrats should keep him in the House and grab him by the ankles and beat the Republican caucus with him every day. One year from now, these Dems are going to be trying to win the House, and they can use Santos against the party that protects him. He's of much more value to the Democrats if he is a drag on the GOP for the next 12 months. I don't know why they'd want to take away the chance to fundraise off this guy for the next year. He should be kept there, and Democrats should make his name synonymous with the Republican Party for the voters. Yeah. George- well, you have to think about who wanted this expulsion. It was his New York Republican buddies in New York who did not want to wear him as an albatross around their necks yeah. for the next 12 months. Right. Yeah. But again, that, and I, I appreciate where they're coming from and they spoke very movingly. But he comes from a district on the Isle of Long where I was raised. And his election is just a triumph of the failure of Republican morality, Democratic opposition research, local journalism and the judgment of Long Island voters. But um, Joe Biden won his district by 10 points. They've only got a five seat advantage in the House. So if he's gone and there's a special election, it is a very reasonable expectation that a Democrat would take the seat and their lead is cut down to four. So they're not going to get rid of him at all. This was all for show. And I get that some Democrats want to be ethical and vote to get rid of him. I think it's more ethical if you're trying to beat fascists, if you're trying to take back the House, if you're trying to fight for women's reproductive rights, if you try to fight for the less fortunate, for immigrant rights, for children, for LGBTQ people, for all minorities, you want to have a compromised Republican Party. And this guy should be the face of it. George Santos doesn't deserve Congress, but the Republican Congress deserves George Santos. I think he should have been their Speaker of the House because he embodies the values of this party. Lying about religion, lying about marriage, lying about business, lying about 9-11, pretending to be charitable, flashing a white power symbol in the Capitol, exploiting 9-11 for professional gain, pretending to follow a religion he doesn't really follow. Allison, he's the most Republican Republican we've got. Keep him right there. (laughs) And yeah, and that for the exact same reasons, I want Menendez to resign that that's, you know, and George Santos could resign and save his party the the next 12 months of humiliation. But he won't. Al Franken was unselfish. Al Franken knew that if he resigned, it would help elect a Democratic senator in Alabama. I mean, that was the big controversy at the time. And again, you know, I, I don't just blame Kirsten Gillibrand. There were 20 odd senators. They waited until the seventh woman came forward. Al Franken deserved due process, but he left because he knew it would be good for the party. George Santos doesn't care what's good for the party. He's just like Trump. He doesn't care about Republicans. They are a cult of selfishness, and they have been for most of my life. So when you've got a cult of selfishness that tries to pass selfishness off as a virtue um, for selfish voters, don't be surprised when they turn on each other. Yeah, and they are. We've seen, we're, we're seeing it happen on Twitter right now with Marjorie Taylor Greene going after Chip Roy, calling him Colonel oh. Sanders. I mean, it's and it's just this childish bickering back and forth with quote tweet after quote tweet of yeah. them going after one another. 
I mean, you think back to, to 2016, the, the Bernie fan, Hillary fan civil war, which broke my heart, right? I would, I got so tired of watching mom's friends and grandpa's friends fight. You know, it was just like, it was like the cage match between Margaret Thatcher and Fyvish Finkel every day. And, and Bernie did lots of events for Hillary once she got the nomination. He supported her all the way. But, but that bitterness, that civil war in the Democratic Party, it went away in 2017 when Donald Trump tried to destroy the Affordable Care Act. And Nancy Pelosi got every Democrat in her caucus from the squad and the Democratic Socialists all the way to the anti-abortion rights conservative Democrats in Texas. And she had Democrats in array in ways I've never seen in my life. The message discipline. And they stayed together. They stayed together through the midterms. They stayed together through 25 Democrats running in 2020 for president. I mean, it's beginning to splinter now, but I've never seen the Dems organized like that before. And right now, the Republican Party, the shoe's on the other foot. They are at war with each other. And that's not going to go away. They're going to have a convention next summer. And there's seven Donald Trump trials, not even counting the kicking him off the ballot in certain states, but seven Trump trials, four criminal, three civil. You know, he's, he's got a pyramid scheme trial in January that's coming up for, for the fraud he committed under a celebrity apprentice. He's going to be a convicted felon by the time of the convention. What's the Romney wing of the party going to do with a sex abuser who's stolen from vets and is a felon by the time you get there? And has probably had his businesses dissolved under receivership. (laughs) Oh, oh, like his hair in water, his businesses will dissolve. And I think (laughs) what's going to happen when the the Republican wing of the Republican Party, the two biggest fears I have for Democrats in 2024 are OPEC cutting oil production and gasping five bucks a gallon next year. I hope they have a plan because the Saudi royal family really wants their puppet back in the White House. I'm afraid the Republican Party is going to have a contested convention and that somehow a squeaky clean Glenn Youngkin is going to walk away with that nomination, which could lead to a GOP civil war. And a lot of Republicans might stay home. Trump might run third party and get Biden reelected. But I don't know what they're going to do with that convention a year from now when Donald Trump's got a rap sheet. I, Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's going to be an amazing year, legally and politically. Yeah. And looming in the background, the Roe. Roe's been overturned since the last presidential overturned. election. So. But thank God, Mike Johnson is going to, if there were any people who were discouraged of the outrage after Roe, it has been rekindled because they picked a Speaker of the House who is going to drive so many people to the polls next year. The revoltingly fake Christianity, the bigotry against gay people, which you cannot be a Christian and discriminate against LGBT people. I've read the Bible. Jesus commands you to treat them as you treat him. You you can't do it. And saying that being gay is a choice. Allison, any guy who tells you being gay is a choice that must be resisted probably has some experience resisting it. I I don't know. Um, But I, I think when God closes a Donald Trump comedy door, he opens a Mike Johnson comedy window. Very well put, my friend. Thank you so much for spending some time with me uh, this Friday and every Friday going forward. Everybody check out Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progressive Radio, uh, channel 127, weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And of course, you can get it in podcast form now, wherever you get your podcasts, John saying Pod. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. We're the best, Allison. Thank you so much. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Everyone, 
Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Mutt or Cat Me If You Can <laughs> or What the Hell Is In That Shell. <laughs> still my favorite. Opine on the bovine or What the Heck Wine. We'll, we'll come up with all sorts of things. We'll, what, we'll, the, the one for ducks is going to be easy. I'll guess the breed of duck. <laughs> you, you tell me what that should be called. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, it rhymes with duck. Yeah. Also, if you have a shout out to yourself, a shout out to a loved one, a shout out to a small business in your area. If you want to sh- uh, send your pod pet tax. If you don't have pod pet tax, you can send an adoptable pet in your area and we'll give a shout out to that pet. Um, if you have a small business uh, you want to to give a shout out to, send it to us. Your thesis and dissertation topics and titles are amazing. Please send those in. I still love whoopee stories and blankie stories and stuffed animal stories. If you have one of those sitting around the house that you've had forever, I want to know about it. And I want to see a picture of it. Baby pictures, frog orgies, whatever you want to send us. Dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Ingrid, pronoun she and her. Hello. I listened to your show yesterday about Temecula's woes due to a Christian right-wing group taking over the local schools. In our little blue corner of northern Idaho, we've also felt the growing influence of a homegrown extreme conservative church founded by a slavery sympathizer and sexual predator defender whose stated goal is to make our democratic voting college town a Christian community, actively recruiting converts to move here. They've first run for mayor and city council, tried to get on the county library board to purge all the quote-unquote pornography on the shelves, and now they're running for two school board positions, coming for more pornography in the schools. So far, they've been roundly defeated, but they keep coming. This is happening in more than just Temecula, so thanks for shining a light on this disturbing trend on the local level. You two are awesome. Here's Pet Tax, the big guy Cosmo, easy uh, to guess, and Toffee, a bit harder but they're both purebreds. Mm. Okay, Cosmo is a red merle Australian shepherd. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. I think... Is there a red healer? The easy one is probably the golden retriever. Oh, well, yeah, I would say so. So then the other one that's more difficult, I'm, I'm thinking, is a red merle Australian shepherd. No answer is given. Well, they're beautiful. So we're correct. I'm correct. I think so. Yep, you are definitely correct. And <laughs> I don't, are. you know, whenever these people go into libraries and they're like, I'm here for the pornography, and then they go into other places in school, I'm here for the, I'm like, where are they, like, these guys are keeping the pornography. Let's just be honest. They're fucking, they're collecting it in their goddamn houses. I can't stand these hypocrites. I'm like, here for the don't, every single student has endless porn in their phones, in their pockets. Like, fuck yes. off. Like, stop. I know, just and stop. I don't know. I don't know if this guy realizes, but I don't read pornography. I watch pornography, but I don't often read read pornography. Kids are probably like, there's pornography in books? I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> you show them a Playboy. The Kama Sutra. Like, All these kids are trying to check out the Kama Sutra. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the hot new uh, library checkout. I hate check all these guys. They're so dumb. Ten That doesn't seem like a big bet, but this guy gets busted for child pornography at some point during his career. Oh, oh, totally. For sure. All right, this is from retired Rachel. No pronouns given because she's retired and really doesn't have to. Although I don't know if it's a she because there's no pronouns given. Pepe is my two-year-old min pin. That devolved very quickly. This summer, he developed pancreatitis and almost died. Pepe, we found a special emergency hospital where they put him on a feeding tube because he was suffering from diabetic... 
ketoacetosis. After five days in the hospital, he is fine again. We give him insulin shots twice a day. He gained back his weight and is healthy again. We were so scared. Although he was retired and enjoyed sleeping in, finally, we are happy. They're retired. Oh, oh, they're retired. Although he's probably retired too. Although we are retired. (laughs) And enjoy sleeping in. Finally, we're happy to get up at 6 a.m. daily to give him his injections. Anything to keep him healthy. Good news. There is Pepe and Mr. Bill, his favorite toy, and a picture of us on the ride home from the veterinary hospital. Look at Pepe. And by the way, those Mr. Bill toys, when you squeeze them, they go, oh, no. Oh, no. I had a bunch of those uh, yep. for Olive. So. You guys are cute with his uh, Pepe on the ride home. Oh, look at the baby. I like Pepe. So I want sweet. To hug Pepe. Okay, next up from Patricia, pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies. My wife and I have been supporters and listeners of your podcast for quite some time now, and we love you. Just saying. Well, we love you, Patricia, and your wife. The good news is my favorite part of your show. Oh. The good news is my favorite part of your show. <laughs> I thought it was going somewhere else from that. The good news is my favorite part of your show. <laughs> the end. No. All right. Since my best friend Deborah and I love to laugh and we love Halloween, I wanted to give a shout out to our friendship. I love this. We call ourselves the Pat and Deb show and we love to dress up in costumes pretty much all year for different holidays. We endeavor to live life to the fullest and make each other laugh, which never fails to make other people laugh. Deb's 67 and I'm 69. I just want others to know that costumes and silliness are ageless and for everyone. I made us ghost costumes this year for Halloween and I've included a picture to share with you and your audience. Also, a picture from last Halloween. In conclusion, there is a pic of my wife's and my dog, Diablo, for pod pet tax. Diablo hates clothes of any kind and this was the only time he consented to pose for me. His face says it all. All right, first of all, fantastic. So good. Oh, look how beautiful the two of you are. I love this friendship. Squad goals right here. Oh, yeah. Look at the dog. So (laughs) good. (laughs) Oh, the doggo. So women look familiar. I wonder if I've met them at some point in my life. You know? The doggo's like, take this fucking thing off me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, next up is a really creative spelling of quesera, no pronouns given. After many years working in business marketing, my husband is a house husband in his 50s. He carves old wood in his CNC machine. It's more complicated than that. There's software and tech things involved. Anyway, he scavenges old wood from old furniture, house trim and scrap wood from local businesses and makes carvings of local uh, historical sites, also Bigfoot, Mothman, and other interesting old school memes. One of the coolest is from Leo uh, Petroglyphs. Oh, Leo Petroglyphs in Ohio. Wow. Oh, wow. Look at that. You know, it's interesting is that the the shadows, like it's this cool sort of 3D feeling to it. That's amazing. Love that, Kesara. Thank you for submitting it. Next up from anonymous pronouns, he and him, blue dot in a red state. Thanks for all your work. You're truly a lifeline to those of us who care and love. Thank you. I'll take nicknames for 200, AG and DG. A month ago or so, you mentioned that someone named John could have a nickname of Jack. Example, John Kennedy is Jack Kennedy. Well, let me share my experience. 40 years ago, my wife and I were visiting her parents, newly married. I was just learning her family and they were just learning me. The topic of conversation turned to 
chimney fires, which in the old days could cause homes to burn to the ground. My mother-in-law recalled a very scary near-miss experience she had and then shared feelings that she had during the fire. Years before, she was in the house. My, my father-in-law was working outside. Suddenly, inside, she had a chimney fire. Said the noise was so loud, it sounded like a tornado in the chimney. She was immediately terrified that the house was going to catch on fire. She, she shared, I was so afraid the house was going to catch fire that I ran outside yelling for Dick. Oh, boy. Of course, I didn't hear anything after that. I immediately thought for myself, yelling for Dick. Lady, that's the last thing you need to be thinking about when your house is on fire. Later that night, I told my wife that her mom's statement was quite the share, telling us that she wanted Dick when her house was on fire. After my wife quit laughing and caught her breath, she informed me that her father's name was Richard, and the nickname for Richard is Dick. Who knew? Well, I knew. I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Anonymous, I'm a lesbian, and I knew. I knew that the nickname for Richard was Dick. (laughs) I call dudes who are assholes Richard. Because they're dicks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not making fun of you, Anonymous. You know, there's a lot of people that don't know a lot of things, and your story is much funnier because you didn't. And so you wouldn't you know, have had a good story for us had you known. But you got to tell, out, went, you know, it went outside yelling for dick. I mean, that's just so good. I, I would have giggled. I would have been like, hee hee. So I'm totally yep. with you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for your submissions. And uh, Ingrid, if you want to tell me what breed your dog doggos are, um, we didn't get the answers, but I think Golden Retriever and Australian Shepherd, but you let me know. Uh, if you have anything you want to send to us, send it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Don't forget, we have the patron happy hour tonight, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. And of course, there will be for patrons the weekly bonus wrap up where I do the, all the week's beans in one particular show. And you get it for free on the weekends if you're a patron. And, uh, of course, the me and Pete swear fest that comes out. So good. <laughs> comes out every every weekend for the cleanup on L45 bonus. And we'll see you for Jack on Sunday. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here, my friend? No final thoughts other than everyone have a fantastic weekend. I'm headed to Chicago for the HRC gala. Oh, raise that money, my, my mama. I, I'm so I love that you do these things. It's just it's, Thank you. it warms my heart so much. I have four more galas before the end of the year. Chicago, Seattle, um, Boston, and then one in New York. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But it's, no, it's, it's I okay. know you love it though, deep down inside. I do. I do. I'm grateful. I would like would do that like when I had shows or something I'd be like oh and then the minute I was on stage it just it changes it all goes away yeah it does yeah all right um yeah I guess that's it so thanks everybody for listening this week and I'm so glad you're back Dana and thanks to John Fugel saying be sure to check out tell me everything on Sirius XM progressive channel 127 weeknights at 9 p.m eastern until we meet again please take care of yourself take care of each other take care of the planet take care of your mental health Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. And the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W-Media. 
Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.